You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, Hola, amigos. Como esta? It's amazing what one person will do. Moves, betting line, a half turn. Saints five-point favorites yesterday going into New York. Alvin Kamara at practice. The reports are we could see him Sunday a half a point. Now five and a half point favorite. How about that, baby? Five and a half points. One player, one half a point. Um, no, in all seriousness, we'll talk a little bit about the Saints injury report. It is good news to actually see Alvin Kamara fully participating in the Saints injury report. So we'll touch on that. We will hear from several Saints players, as yesterday was the first day of media availability. So we'll hear from Taysom Hill and Marquez Calloway. Paulson Adebo as well. So we definitely will touch on that as, again, it was interesting. I've been asked this, whether it's at the store, my neighbor across the street. I was a guest on a show this morning over at ESPN Lafayette, and Scott asked me the same thing. You know, are they winning on Sunday? Kind of touched on this yesterday as one of our questions of the day, either yesterday or Wednesday. And it was Today is Thursday. Never mind. Yes. My point is, how many of the next five games do you think the Saints can or will win? Right? We kind of came to the conclusion that they're they're winnable games. I think it's, it's a safe thing and a good thing to say winnable. I can say winnable. The Jets are a winnable game. I think the Panthers are a winnable game. I think the Falcons are a winnable game. Will they win that I... I, I currently don't have the confidence to say absolutely yes. Having Alvin Kamara back helps the confidence. Okay. Tackle Ryan Ramchek was not practicing yesterday. Still dealing with the knee issue. Pete Werner, elbow linebacker, did not practice. Now, Marcus Davenport, shoulder limited. Good sign. Tackle Teron Armstead, knee, limited. Good sign. Linebacker Kay Nellis, hamstring, limited. Good sign. And as I mentioned, running back Alvin Kamara and quarterback Taysom Hill, full participation. So, again, that makes me feel better, doesn't it? It should make you feel better about things. So we'll touch a little bit more. On the Saints, Ross Jackson will join us next segment. Locked on Saints. Give his thoughts on this team and what he thinks about the next five games. Obviously, you got to snap a five-game losing streak first. So that's a very key and big part of it here as well. Also, coming up bottom of the hour, Ben Heisler, your fantasy football questions. You got anything, uh, feel free to do so here as well. Jay Walker is going to join us at 1245 as we'll talk a little Cajuns, as they have a new head football coach as well. And then, in our number two, we'll hear from Corey Glory, voice of the Tulane Green Wave. Coach G, couldn't yesterday, 
He had to fill in over at Warren Eastern. They're in the state title game, too. He's excited, so we'll hear what he had to say about it. And Chip Patterson at 2.30 is who's going to join us in our number three rest of the way. Of course, you will have uh, open lines, and you can always tweet and call us at ESPN Radio NOLA, and you can tweet at us at ESPN Radio NOLA, and you can call us at 800-998-1003. So all of that is kind of on set, and as we start the show today, and then, of course, last night, it was a loss. It came in overtime. Pelicans put out a lot of effort. Problem is, they um they got a pretty good player, the Joker, right? Figure it out. Jokic, shot clock, drives in, teardrop in, all seven points for Jokic in overtime. And Denver has control of this game again, 112-107 as we take a timeout. Uh, He's just a one-man wrecking crew right now. and that's 39 points is what he had last night. And again, he's an MVP. So he's good. He had 39 as the Pels lose 120-114 to 114 in the game, final in overtime. In OT, Denver 15 points, New Orleans 9. Some of the highlights of the Pels, Valanchunas at 27. I guess this is a good thing, right? And it is, honestly. All five starters. I don't know if this is the first time. And I'll text Daniel or Todd if you're listening. Is this the first time all five starters were in double figures? Brandon Ingram, 16. Herbert Jones had 19. That, that's a big thing to me, right? You're starting to see, as <coughs> Todd has said, Herbert Jones starting to come around on the offensive end. And I thought that was a, a good thing. And, and not only getting some buckets and some points, but finishing strong as well. Sadoransky floats it to Ingram up top. Get it to Herb. Drives on Gordon. Oh! oh! Think they were excited? No, heck of a finish. Big old dunk for sure as well. So that, again, I think to me, that is a very big thing. And not only are you starting to see that offense and that conference come around again, I've said it, he's your fifth starter when Zion comes back, right? I mean, there's no way you can take him off the floor as it is. And if he's providing some offense, that's even better. And I actually think more offense will come when Zion Eventually gets on the court. And also, got to love them as a great teammate after the game. Kyra Lewis went down in the game, uh, injured the right knee. Herb Jones afterwards said the first thing he was going to do was to um, call Kyra Lewis's mom to give an update since he didn't think that Kyra maybe had his phone. So we'll get an update maybe at some point today. Uh, Coach Willie Green said that they were going to try to uh, see what was the latest with him today. So that is a... A downer, for sure. You never want any of your players being injured in a game. But I, look, again, it's where the Pels are. I think if you watch that game, you had to be happy with the effort. You had to be happy with that play. And um, look, you're, you're, you're seeing a, a situation where I think this team is showing where they can and can't be good. And again, if you have all five starters in double digits, I think that's a positive to me. Ingram 19, Jones uh, 19, sorry, Ingram 16, Valanchunas 27, Josh Hart, who came back 12, and Devontae Graham had 12 as well. If there was one big downfall of Josh Hart coming back, he had six turnovers. 
And there were pretty big turnovers at key moments in that game. Bad turnovers. Uh, Brandon Ingram also had six turnovers. It's tough when two of your starting fives committing 12, you know, split evenly. So that, again, there's some things that you look at that you, you could fix, I think. I, I do. And in the second half, the Pels made that adjustment. Here's Coach Willie Green. We just did what we do harder. Um, we came out in the second half and just upped the level. Unfortunately, it just wasn't enough, um, especially with 31 points off of our turnovers. That's that's a lot to overcome with our team, and especially against a good team like the Nuggets are. 64-59 at the half. And, you know, again, Pels won the third quarter 20-16. to They won the fourth quarter 28-25. And had a chance maybe to win that game there. So, and look, the final shot by Jokic went in and out. So the Nuggets could have won that game in regulation. But again, turnovers late sort of hurt. But if you watch that game, again, to me, it it is, and it's hard to say I'm hopeful or there's signs of hope. You're 7-20. and 20. I understand that. I do. But again, to me, the losses feel different than, say, even last year and even the year before that. A, as we said, you know you're missing a key piece. I mean, there's no way to beat around that bush. He's a walking double-digit 20-point guy. That that helps. He makes defenses play differently. That helps. We'd love to see him as much as he would as well. So... I do think, and it's one of the things that we've talked about, probably many of you guys do as well, what that impact will be, how this team will sort of look, and is the pieces around him better? Because that was the discussion in the offseason, during last season, you need better pieces around him, things like that. So, again, I'm not trying to purposely find encouraging aspects of a loss, but... Again, it it required their MVP in the league MVP to put up 39 to beat you. Your starting five put up double digits. I again, it's baby steps. I get it, but it's it's better than not. Now at 15. So again, it it. There's some encouraging things that I felt that that I saw in that game for sure. And again, that dunk is fantastic, right, by Herb Jones. If that guy starts finding an offensive rhythm in game and contributing in that aspect of it, I'm telling you what Zion gets here is going to be even better. Here's Coach Green on Herb Jones. Yeah, I like what I see from him. Uh, We all do. He's just getting better and better, Um, but he works at it. And the more he plays, the more he gets comfortable. We're all comfortable with him being on the floor, and it's great to see him mix it up. He's shooting the ball, but he's also making plays, getting in the lane and finishing. All things that, um, you know, we're proud to see him do. As far as Herb Jones, one of the things that I love about him here as well, he, he had a solid night. Stinks, though. The Pels, 10 games, late game situations, chance to win their 1-9. I, I know. Same most. I, I know. It's tough. Coach Green first and Herb on it. Just got to get better executing. Simple. Um, And you guys saw tonight, we had moments where we were great, especially in the second half. And then down the stretch, we just didn't execute well enough. So I do think 
Let's we hear from Herb, and then I'll give you my thought here. Uh, man, that's it. Uh, just executing uh, when we have to, uh, regardless of uh, the matchups or what the other team try to do. We we got to go out and, and execute what we uh, plan on executing. And that's what it boils down to. Again, those turnovers, some turnovers late, some bad ones by Josh Hart. When the only one, Brandon, with six as well. But those turnovers, and you heard Coach Willie Green say it points off the turnovers. You, you're in the 30s. Again, you lost by six. And there were some free throws there late to try to, you know, extend the game that they knocked down. But at the end of the day, do you even get to overtime or does the game go differently if you don't commit those? Now, you can sit there and say, well, they forced it or whatever. I'm just saying that that's sort of the thing. So they get back onto the court tomorrow night, take on the Detroit Pistons. I'll have some tickets for that game as well. We'll give away tomorrow. So if you want to go, tune in tomorrow to the show, and I will give you some tickets there. So I said Ross Jackson's going to join us next to talk a little bit about uh, the Saints matchup with the Jets. Taysom Hill did speak yesterday. And, of course, the question of questions. Hey, how does that mallet finger feel today? No, I, I don't. I don't have a lot of pain uh, with the finger. You know, I've I've kept it splinted since it happened, and and so uh, that that really I haven't had any pain when it's when it's in the splint. Um, I think the sensation of gripping the ball, throwing the ball, that that has changed, and that that's been the biggest thing. And and as I mentioned earlier, it's trying to figure out what is the best process to have that feel as normal as possible, um, and and that's what we're working through because. You know, you you do something to your your hand and your finger on your throwing throwing hand, and uh, all of a sudden things change, and you're trying to adjust. Hmm. Um. So there you go. In terms of what it feels like and how it feels and all that, it's something to have to go by by the week, right? He was asked, "Were there any positives from last week?" Again, four picks. Um. Look, I mean, I think we 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 moved the ball. You know, I think we had over 400 yards of total offense, and so you look at some of those numbers, and you're like, "Wow, that you know that was that was a positive from this game." And then you you kind of start watching it, and you look at some of the stuff that happened. And you're like, "Well, yeah, you realize you put 17 points up because you had four turnovers." And so, you know, all the positives were just kind of overshadowed by by the turnovers. So when you did have opportunities to score, we didn't take advantage of them. Um, but I thought overall, I thought our tempo was good, man. I thought guys played you know hard with a lot of you know passion and you know i thought that we did a lot of things really well up front you know we moved the ball we ran the ball well um again it's just overshadowed by the turnovers talk a little bit more about the black and gold next with ross jackson from locked on saints quickly let me tell you about DraftKings. the sports book is coming soon to louisiana i promise it is in the near future (laughs) jack called yesterday and said it maybe next month maybe uh before then, could be after that, it's, it's trying to get some parishes online together to be able to monitor some things, right? In the meantime, go ahead and download the DraftKings app. Real simple, $100 in free bets is waiting for you when you sign up. And they go live before they go live. And you got to use the code LaRose. L-A-R-O-S-E. Sign up. Get your account. Put in LaRose. $100 in free bets waiting for you. Just like that, no deposit required. Ross Jackson next on ESPN New Orleans. Hey, I'm not complaining because I really need to work. But hitting up my buddy's got me feeling like a jerk. 
happy holidays from Greg LeBlanc Toyota. It's a festive time of year, and you can celebrate with fresh new inventory arriving daily. There's great holiday deals at Greg LeBlanc. Amazing stocking stuffers like keys to the all-new redesigned 2022 Tundra. It may be cold outside, but these holiday deals are red hot and won't last long. Greg LeBlanc Toyota, South Hollywood Road in Homa, or online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. Santa may have the sleigh, but Greg's got the holiday deals. Shop now. Offshore workers are among the most important members of the Gulf Coast workforce. When a person working offshore or on a vessel is injured, the effects on their family can be devastating. At the King Firm, we are proud to have experience with these types of cases and make it a priority to see that our clients receive just compensation and are treated fairly. If you've been injured, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. Ring the King at 504-909-KING or 888-241-8766. For more than two decades, Reed's Metals has been providing metal roofing, steel buildings, and all the accessories for customers to buy direct and save. Reed's Metals specializes in on-job, sight-standing seam in over 20 colors, plus 26 and 29 gauge AZ-50 and AZ-55 Galvalume, backed by a 45-year written paint warranty and a 25-year warranty on acrylic-coated Galvalume. Buy direct and save Reed's Metals, located at 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast Brookhaven, or call 601-823-6516, online at reedsmetals.com. Welcome back. We've missed you. We know it's been tough. Because rebuilding your business isn't for the faint of heart. Your business needs a jump start. And we're here to help. Introducing Surge, symmetrical speed fiber internet for retail business. Revved up data speeds at 30% off, plus three months free. We're glad you're back. And we're here to make your business surge. Etel Business. Offer valid on three-year contract for two or more business services. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengau. Amazing the difference one player makes. The Saints injury report comes out yesterday. Alvin Kamara full participation, a half a punt on the betting line. Saints now five and a half point favorites. Mr. Ross Jackson locked on Saints will join us now at Ross Jackson. Nola's the way to follow him on Twitter. You know, the podcast locked on Saints. Ross, good afternoon to you, sir. How are you? Hey, buddy. Good afternoon. How are you doing, man? Doing fantastic. Uh, it is very good news to see Alvin Kamara at practice and more yeah. importantly, have an FP next to that name, sir, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, we're, we're in the, the one industry that I can think of at least where FP actually means something. And in this, uh, scenario, it, it means the, the difference between, as you mentioned, a half a perk. But also, uh, I mean, it, it means a difference of the way that people are even looking at this game yeah. for the New Orleans Saints and through the New Orleans Saints perspective. All of a sudden, the narrative for this weekend has completely shifted because the Saints superstar might be back on the field this weekend. Ross, the fan base, I think the locker room needed some some positive news. Now, obviously, they're in there, so they're seeing the progress of these players that are injured and such. But, man, this five-game stretch, you know, you look at other teams in and around the NFL and they lose a few games and stuff. I don't know. Can can you even remotely compare like bad teams when they lose because they don't have the talent and stuff? When you look at the Saints, they're decimated either by injuries, now COVID, whatever, and, and that that talent that is the quote unquote next man up just doesn't go up to par with some of the teams that they face. And it's tough to watch some of these games because you know, just a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, they were winning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look. There's a couple of different ways to look at it, right? A lot of folks have been having conversations around the Baltimore Ravens being the most injured team in the uh, in the NFL, which you know in, by by a couple of metrics is true, right? 
They're, they have more starters that have missed more games than any other team in the NFL. I think that will, that will very soon change as we move into this weekend. But when it comes down to it, I mean, they, they kind of ranked above that. But where they are healthy is still at their quarterback position. Lamar Jackson is still playing your difference maker, your game breaker, is still a part of that team. That has not been the case for the New Orleans Saints. They're game breakers, these guys like Jameis Winston, a guy like Michael Thomas, who wasn't even available to be, you know, wasn't able to be available to start the season. And then now, over the course of the last four games, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is such a game breaker, game maker for the New Orleans Saints that he's missed the last four games. He's still their leading rusher, leader in terms of scrimmage yards, and their leader in reception, despite the fact that he's missed four games and win an additional fifth game without being targeted earlier on in the season. So I, I think you look at where the New Orleans Saints are right now and where they have been throughout this five-game losing streak without so many different pieces, and you definitely look at it differently and sort of more objectively because of the injuries than you do you know, a bad team that's losing like the New York Jets, for instance, who have all the players that they intended to put out there for the most part um, throughout the season but have dealt with some things going on at the quarterback spot. But even when they have their starting quarterback there, their new franchise guy and Zach Wilson, it hasn't come together yet, and that happens mm-hmm. with – working quarterbacks, things like that. It's a little bit different right now for the New Orleans Saints. No doubt. And and I think like one of the things, too, when you look at it, it, it is absolutely needed, especially knowing now that you're going into the next three games, Ross Jackson, without Deontay Harris. Now, look, we, we, we literally have seen his importance. He is the, the guy that can catch it short and take it to the distance. We saw against the Cowboys. He's the guy that can... Take the top off the defenses. We saw him catch bombs, even with Winston, with all the quarterbacks, really. Did you ever imagine that he would be the leading receiver for the Saints at this point in the season? <laughs> I think a lot of us, I think a lot of us expected that it was going to be Marquez Callaway, right? Like he had the, you know, he had the big training camp and everything, which, you know, we, you know, we've been covering this team long enough. You, you know, that, you know, training camp isn't always representative of reality, but. I mean, there was an expectation there because we saw the flashes in-game last season. And then, you know, Marcos Callaway is going to probably end up being the leading receiver for this team by the time that the season wraps up. But with with Deontay Harris missing these last three games, uh, or missing the next three games. But I I think that, you know, there wasn't really much of an expectation for Deontay Harris to be that guy. I think any time that we talked about Deontay Harris, we sort of talked about him in this way, and, and this is on us, right? But we kind of talked about him in the way of, oh, it'll be interesting to see how his role expands in the offense. Well, <laughs> it expanded quite a bit, um, and sometimes by necessity, but also because he just gives you the talent. I mean, I love what you observed, that he was not just a deep threat and special teams player for this team, right? right. He, was, he is the leading receiver in terms of 22 catches out of 32 targets when it came to anything behind or, or within uh, nine yards of line of scrimmage, including behind the line of scrimmage had more yards in that range than either of the other two top receivers in Marquez Callaway and Trey Smith throughout this season. And then, of course, led the team all told when it came to yards after catch. And that was something that we're used to seeing the New Orleans Saints really thrive off of is yards after catch, but they haven't really been able to produce in that category very much here in 2021 for various different reasons. And so he just gave you a dynamic that you were missing elsewhere on the team, and now they'll have to find a way to manufacture that without him over the next three games. Speaking with Ross Jackson, Locked On Saints, you know, it's easy to see the pass, the completion or incompletion, the handoff, the good run or bad run. Those are the skill position players that execute a play called. The offensive line, when you look at this season, how banged up this been, whether we want to call him like I do the Matador or not, when Andres Pete, he's still a starter. <laughs> um, your center snapping the ball when no one else is moving. Teron Armstead's been in and out. Ryan Ramchek's been in and out. Man, it... 
that that's also part of the reason, Ross, right? While we celebrate a first down or field goal, that, that's part of a very big reason that your offense can't get continuity. For sure, for sure. I mean, you saw what they did with Taysom Hill at, at least seven times in this game, not even just including play action. You add in play action, it, it you know skyrockets a little bit. But, you know, you look at what the New Orleans Saints did seven times with Taysom Hill early on in the game that they immediately put him in motion after the snap, whether it be naked legs, boot legs, whether it be speed outs, those types of situations. And you do that because you're trying to keep your, you're trying to create space between a defensive line and your quarterback. And, you know, the Saints interior defensive line alone was credited with more than 10 pressures by pro football focus this week, this week. And that's really, really challenging for a team to have to overcome not just pressure, but interior pressure, which feels a little bit more immediate for the quarterback. You have pockets collapsing that way, things like that. And they dedicated a lot of duo and ace or double team blocks in the middle uh, in this game. It's so much, in fact, that there were a lot of times, there were a couple of times where you can find on film where you have a tight end and a running back blocking an edge rusher as opposed to a defensive tag, excuse me, uh, an offensive tackle because the tackle has crashed inside to take and help on the interior. There's a lot of things you have to do to sort of manufacture protection, and that takes away from your the uh, players that can be available in the passing game that takes away from you know your outlets for a quarterback as well because your running back is occupied, uh, your tight end is occupied. I mean, there it, it impacts the entire game in terms of what you're able to to go out there and do. Now there are times where you just call a shot play and you have two routes and you give max protection and you do that, but when you're having to do it in place where it's not necessarily that you're looking to take a shot, you're just looking to move the ball. That ends up limiting your uh, it, it creates limitations for your offense. Mm-hmm. Ross Jackson locked on Saints at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. So that's the offensive side. I think we can all see that. And quite honestly, I, I'm sure in your comments and even in, on our phone calls, I, I don't hear a lot of people come. There, there are some. Well, it's this quarterback and this. And, and I've said it. Look, stop it with the Ian Book time thing. What do you expect him to do with this offense? What they had? So right. I don't think it's that loud a voice. When you look at the other side of the football, though, Ross, I, I think I find it almost remarkable as well that right defensive end position has been a rotating position of injured right defensive ends. Normally you want a rotation of healthy players that are helping you, but Davenport's seen the IR. Peyton Turner's currently on IR. Uh, Passanel, I think, was on IR or has been injured for a bit. That That's an issue. I mean, that affects – I mean, when when you're putting David on Yamada at the end, that's that's not where you want him to be. Yeah, big time. I mean, look, you're used to seeing this defensive line rotating – you know, eight or nine healthy defensive linemen, oftentimes five of those being defensive ends. And now what you're seeing is a lot of interior rotation, but you don't have the bodies that you need for a rotation out on the edge. So you're doing things and you're being creative to where you're using it. You have the opportunity to be able to use David Onyemata over on the outside. He led the team in pressures, led the team in sacks during the preseason, and took the I think it's like 90, over 90% of his preseason stats were at the edge. So you can use... David Onyemata there and see if it works in the regular season too. Um, but, you know, for the most part, they, you know, they worked Caden Ellis in uh, as a, a rushing from the edge. Um, they cycled in three different players from the secondary, PJ Williams, Malcolm Jenkins, as well as Bradley Roby, all from the secondary to try to get pressure. They're always trying to get second level pressure with DeMario Davis. And so you're having to find different ways to sort of create those pass rushing opportunities because you're lacking right now in terms of health, right? Just numbers, availability on the defensive line, particularly over at the edge. Now, the Saints were able to rotate a total of eight defensive linemen last week, but the majority of those are on the interior. Right now, you're really just looking at if Cam Jordan's unable to go against the Jets this weekend, which you probably will expect. You've got Carl Granderson, you've got Jalen Holmes, 
and you're crossing your fingers that Marcus Davenport is able to get back out on the field this week. I also think, too, and it's something we're going to kind of focus on. Obviously, he's not playing with COVID more than likely this week. Mark Ingram joining. But with Cam Jordan, what would be your assessment this year of his play? I, for me, and I'm not being ugly, I, I, I kind of see some signs of father time. That, that's me. Yeah, look, I, I think that there's going to be, you know, some change in role along with change in, uh, in, in, in production, right? Those two things go hand in hand. And when you look at what Cam Jordan has done so far this season, there's a conversation around father time when you talk a little bit about like what his stat production has been. But he's also got 215 more defensive line snaps than any other defensive lineman on the team. So it's not as if he's not out there. And it's not as if, you know, usually when you talk about father time really setting in, you're starting to look at things like injury. You're starting to look at lack of availability and things like that. And you've not seen that from Cam Jordan. He still leads this team in, um, he still leads this team in pressures by 15. He still is second place on this team right now in sacks, which I understand people would love to see him get to the double digit sack numbers again. I get that. And then, you also still have him there leading in hits by three. He's got 10 as opposed to uh, second place at seven. And so he's still getting production. He is still the most reliable player out there. You're just not seeing the sack production at the same level. And in that I understand. He is not and has never been a speed rusher. He has always been somebody that has fought to get his, you know, to get to the quarterback and get to the quarterback before they're able to get the ball out because he can outlast any offensive lineman and things like that. And maybe that's where you see a little bit of performance set in. But I mean, when you look at what the way that he's contributed to this team, he's still an extremely vital part and he's you know, a big part of why this defensive line works. And so I think mm-hmm. it's going to be something to really watch about how this defense and defensive line in particular are able to orchestrate their pressures without him being a focal point. So they're three and nine, the New York Jets, Zach Wilson, rookie quarterback, first year coach as well. The pessimist Saints fans are saying this is going to be a battle to the death here. The Jets will play the hardest they've ever played, right? I mean, this is what's going to happen. Um, I, I, I can't say it's a win. I, I, I see three of the next five as winnable games, but mm-hmm. until they get healthy and they actually win, I, I can't say that. So how do you see Sunday shaping up? I think it's a must-win. Uh, that's kind of the way that I look at it, and I think the last few games have been must-wins for, for the Saints. So, you know, must-win doesn't always translate to a guaranteed win, obviously. But I do think that this is an absolute opportunity for the Saints to be able to have what I think not just I, but a lot of people call a get-right game, right? This is their opportunity to get right here. And, you know, getting Alvin Kamara back, uh, fingers crossed, would be a huge part of that. If you can get Teron Armstead back, that would be a huge part of that. Marcus Davenport as well. But I think that this is an opportunity for you to really be able to hit a rhythm and build some confidence, even if you're going up against a team that's three and eight, doesn't matter if you can get a win here, get a win here, because you end up going up against right now the team in the NFL that's given up the most yardage, it's given up the third most rushing yardage, has turned the ball over the second most, and has taken the ball away the absolute least in the NFL. Or actually reverse that, sorry, they've given the ball away the most, 25 turnovers, only nine takeaways, they're bottom of the league there. And so I think that this is an opportunity for you, your defense to build confidence, your offense to build confidence, mm-hmm. and it's setting in at the right time, right? Like this is an opportunity here to where you know they have a weak second level. Do you know uh, C.J. Mosley has been struggling in coverage? He's also on the injury report. So I think that for the Saints, this is a great game to get Alvin Kamara back and get him back in rhythm with this offense while this offense tries to figure out what its rhythm is with sort of its next collection of players, because it's going to be a whole new starting lineup again 
with Taysom Hill in, Alvin Kamara in, and then depending upon what happens with the offensive line. Those stats sound like a recipe for a get get right game, Ross. Let's see if it happens on Sunday, sir. That's that's the hope. <laughs> <laughs> that is the hope. At Ross Jackson, no, let's the way to follow Ross Jackson on Twitter. Locked on Saints, the podcast. As always, appreciate the time on Thursdays, Ross. Thank you. Always, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, bud. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, for sure. Walter, I see you on the phone here as well. Wonder if you got a question for Ben Heisler, fantasy and gambling experts. We will talk to him next out of this break on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you care. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates on auto insurance, but what does that mean? Surprising. This often means something comes out of nowhere, like finding that $20 bill in your dryer. Great? Well, obviously, great means superior. Rates? Simply what one pays in exchange for something. And in this case, that something is State Farm being there when you need them most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios in Cutoff. Your life is mobile. So is your bank. As a state bank and trust company account holder, you can check your balances, view transactions, transfer funds, and pay bills anywhere or anytime with state bank and trust companies' online banking or mobility app. Call or stop by any state bank and trust location for all the details. State bank and trust company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. Mexican restaurant on Highway 1 in Raceland is open and ready to please you. They have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Mouth-watering Mexican food daily with delicious specialty dishes like coconut shrimp tacos, Baja fish tacos, plus try the trio burritos or a carne asada. Coco's Mexican has happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. Delivery service from waiters also available. They're located on Highway 1 in Raceland next to the post office. Coco's. Archie Manning here for Thibodeau Regional. In the Manning household, we're pretty serious about sports. And just like the team at the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, we're also very serious about sports safety. As the region's leader and first comprehensive sports medicine program, they've been in the game longer with certified athletic trainers, fellowship-trained sports medicine physicians, and neuro-sports-trained experts. So play hard, play to win, but play it safe with the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional. Got a hot take? Everybody listen up. Let's hear it. Call us at 800-998-1003. Answer that phone. Or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Now, back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengill. No doubt Ben Heisler. At Benny Heist, the way to follow over on Twitter, H-E-I-S, managing editor for Bet Sided. Uh, fantasy and gambling expert joins us. Ben, are you ready? Is the, is the grill ready to go? Are you cooking out? Are you setting up pizza? What are you doing tonight for the big matchup? Between the Vikings and Steelers on Thursday Night Football. And like it's a beautiful part of the world, I would imagine that, that tonight the weather might be nice. Uh, it's actually not terrible in Kansas City, but it's December, so any sort of long planning, smoking meats or out grilling is for the professionals, not for uh, not for yours truly. So I'll probably just be ordering something in and just trying to get, get the kids down to sleep before the game starts. Mm-hmm. 
Let me ask you this, because uh, I, I kind of had a little fun with this, but I mean, it's it's real, right? Alvin Kamara on the injury report yesterday for your New Orleans Saints. His addition with the FP next to it, Saints go from a five point to a half a point favorite more. So five and a half points now, just I think by seeing um, him on that list. I know Teron Armstead on there as well, but Kamara, that's a difference maker, right? I, I, I'm trying to think of other players that have that kind of impact. Is it normally a half a point or is there players like a Tom Brady, I guess, Aaron Rodgers, where you can go up a full point or more? Yeah. I, there, the, the classic example was Aaron Rodgers back, I think it was either week eight or week nine, whatever week it was that the Packers were traveling to Kansas City when Aaron Rodgers was out with COVID. Uh, you saw that line move in a, a plethora of different directions. It opened up initially with the Chiefs as a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Green Bay. Then the Packers were dominant on Monday Night Football. That line moved to Green Bay minus one. And then when Rodgers was announced that he had COVID, that line moved all the way back to Kansas City at minus seven. So that was an eight-point swing before I think the Chiefs closed as eight-point favorites at home against Jordan Love. So, yes, any time the quarterback is likely in play, it's going to make a substantial difference, but it also depends on the nature of the quarterback. For example, if you were telling me that Trevor Simeon was starting this week, Relative to Taysom Hill, I don't think the line moves a whole heck of a lot. It probably stays right where it is at minus five and a half. I think one of the other aspects, too, when you look at a game where it normally probably would be different if a lot of players would be sort of healthy, like I look at the Saints-Jets game. I mean, I, Ben, I, I, I like to say some games could be winnable. I, I can't say they can win. When you kind of look at games coming up on a weekend – do you view that as, okay, look, if things go right, this should be a win. How, what are some of the considerations you take into account? Yeah, that's certainly one of them. You have to try and figure out what, what I think first and foremost, you know, especially when you're trying to bet these games, you're always looking more so at the number as opposed to the team itself. We all have sort of an emotional tie to a lot of teams. So sometimes that our, our biases can kind of get in the way with that. But if I'm looking at, say, Saints and Jets, for example, and I'm looking at the Saints going, man, they, they they tried to come out and win against the Cowboys last week. It was at home. The Cowboys had been sputtering along, and then all of a sudden just it just wasn't working for Taysom Hill. Uh, but this matchup, everything that the Saints want to do, especially with their ground game, lines up exceptionally well against what the Jets have issues with, and that's stopping the run. Jets have allowed the most yards per play. They've allowed the most touchdowns in the league uh, to running backs. So regardless of whether Kamara's in there or not, the Saints should have their way with the Jets' front seven. Um, they've been a little bit more competitive as of late, but right. if the Saints are able to execute on offense, even on the road, uh, they should have no problem covering the spread. It's just a matter of whether or not they're still motivated at this point because uh, you know when you lose this type of games in a row, especially after starting off 5-2, and two, it is very difficult to keep a locker room together. Uh, Sean Payton's done this for a long time, and I don't think the team has quit on him the way that we've seen in other teams around the league that have gone through similar type of stretches. So I like the Saints to cover here, but I think it's, you have to look at matchups and you have to look at the numbers at hand. How much do you look into fingers? Joe Burrow messed up fingy uh, on the pinky over there. <laughs> you know, he got Taysom Hill with mallet finger. Got a couple of quarterbacks here. Of course, it's fantasy football. Do I start? Do I not? especially if it's the throwing hand, right? Yeah, I, I think it matters, and I think the, the line has reflected it a little bit. You've seen this start off as a pick and now it's moved to the 49ers going on the road, West Coast to East Coast game. And I think for the Bengals, it's now their third consecutive game at home, and they're 1-1 one one in that stretch. 
uh, had a dominant home win a couple weeks ago against the Raiders and, and then struggled uh, the following week against the Chargers. Really, you know, could not stop anybody on the Chargers, you know, passing side of the ball. Justin Herbert lit him up as Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And, and now I think the 49ers coming in had been much better on offense. And then that second half against Seattle, everything just completely fell apart. Uh, yeah, I, I think Burrow's injury status matters. I think it more so matters to Joe Mixon. Uh, because that's somebody that had been really doing everything on the offensive side of the ball to open things up for Burrow. Uh, and you've also seen Jamar Chase really slow down over the last several games. This was a, a guy that was on pace to break Justin Jefferson's rookie wide receiving record. And that was you know a sensational record. We had over 1,400 yards receiving last year. And he's gone below, mm-hmm. I think, 60 yards in his previous five games. Right. And now Mac Jones has taken over the lead for, for rookie of the year. So and the Bengals still have a lot of questions to answer. And I think right now the 49ers, assuming that uh, Elijah Mitchell is healthy, uh, the rest of the wide receiving core of Debo Samuel is able to give it a, uh, give it a go. Uh, the 49ers are looking like they're in a really nice spot on the road, but so much of it is going to be dependent on health. All right, Jack, thank you for giving us a call here in the Sports Hangover. You know, with Ben Heisler, what you got for him? Good afternoon, gentlemen. How y'all doing? Doing well, man. Um, and, uh, and Ben, um, I, I got two questions for you. First of all, um, I have Dalvin Cooks, and I have to choose between him and David Montgomery. Uh, I know this would be a, a no-brainer, but I got a feeling Cooks is probably only going to get half the carries tonight. And the other questions, the other question is, um, uh, Javonta Williams, do you think now he's going to get he's going to take control of that backfield in Denver? Thanks, guys. So oh, the, good the, afternoon. The second part of your the second part of your question with Javonta Williams, he should, but Vic Fangio in you know, meeting with reporters yesterday said it's going to vary on the status of Melvin Gordon. I, I, I sometimes guess I don't know if it's just me, but I, I can't figure out when, when when coaches tend to outsmart themselves when an answer to a problem is literally right in front of your face uh, and you still can't see it. You know, Javante Williams put on an absolute clinic last week against a very good Chiefs defense over the last several weeks, and he's the better running back there. You want to give him a, a break every so often with Melvin Gordon, that's fine. I don't understand the, the idea and hesitancy to not run with, with one of the best tackle-breaking running backs right now in the NFL. Right. So. I think you're looking at a bit of a split as to whether or not you go with Dalvin Cook or not. Mm-hmm. He's going to give it a go, but Steelers' defense has been better against the run. You're still going to feature a lot of Alexander Madison. You almost wonder if he's a bit of a decoy here. Mm-hmm. I don't trust Dalvin Cook. Meanwhile, David Montgomery uh, actually has played fairly well. He's terrific uh, game last week. 21 rushes for 90 yards. Also had eight receptions against the Cardinals. Um, they're going to be in a position where they're going to be throwing a lot in that game. So Montgomery's going to catch some more passes from Justin Fields in this matchup. Um, Khalil Herbert filled in for him against Green Bay last time when the Bears lost 24-14. to I think he had a 100-yard game in that matchup as well. So I much prefer Montgomery to Dalvin Cook just because I, I don't know how healthy Cook is right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. Thank you, Jack, for the phone call. Ben, we have Josh with a question for you. Thank you for calling. You're on with Ben Heisler. Hey, Ben, this Thanks for taking my call. This is actually not even about like the stats aspect of fantasy. I have a question for you. What's your opinion on people that um, do well during the regular season of a fantasy league and have the option to either throw a game at the end of the season to dictate who they play in the playoffs? What's your opinion on that? I have that in a couple of leagues. Um, yeah, I just wanted to hear your opinion because I, I feel uh, you should be rewarded as to picking your team you want to play if you've performed well all season. So I just want to hear your opinion on that. 
so that's that's a really interesting point because I, I didn't catch that caveat at the end where it sounds like if you've had a really good season, you're allowed to sort of dictate the results and, and kind of throw your lineup. I, I believe uh, in integrity of the league. You should start the, the best lineup. Maybe the caveat is in that particular situation, rather than you setting the lineup, you set it to automatically start. Or sort of just sort of optimizes the lineup for you. You take the guys that are uh, have the highest projections. Uh, but it's such a complicated spot. Teams in the NFL do this. And so if you're making the argument that, well, if teams in the NFL can decide uh, the best possible scenario for them to make the postseason, why can't I do it in my fantasy league? Um, so, yeah, if you're rewarding yourself at the top, I, I guess it makes sense. But I, I think there should be a little bit of integrity involved in the mix as well. And, and maybe you leave it up to chance. I, I, I would say you need to roster a full lineup. I wouldn't leave guys out of your lineup blatantly missing. But if you don't want to play your best players, I suppose you also have that option as well on a week-to-week basis. So I think that's probably the most fair way, most fair way to do it. Mm-hmm. Ben, tell the folks over what uh, where we can find over at BetSided for this weekend. Plenty of content, especially heading into bowl season in college football. Um, we have some thoughts on, on the new addition of Brian Kelly over in Baton Rouge. I imagine he's still working on his uh, Louisiana accent, which at the moment is pretty atrocious I, I i before before i before i get out of here guys i i'm just fascinated to, to get your your guys' take on that i don't know if it was a major topic of conversation maybe mm-hmm. maybe fans ultimately said i don't care how he how he talks or what he says as long as right. he wins games at lsu but i don't know man like in in the south where, where when i when i have made visits and, and talked to my friends in the southern part of the united states um i think they think integrity matters and they want somebody that's relatable and, and Brian Kelly going at an LSU basketball game and talking like Foghorn Leghorn doesn't sound like somebody that I would trust in that particular spot. So what, what's your perspective on this? My personal perspective, I'll tell you this. I haven't had a ton of calls um, complaining about it, but I also think, Ben, there's a, okay, well, he's our coach. You know, it's kind of, I wouldn't say try to defend him, but hey, he's a good coach. He, it, it, you know, it's who they think they should go with and, and all that stuff. I, I, I'll preface it by saying this, man. I wanted Billy Napier. I had made no bones yeah, about I how I that. wanted Billy Napier. Like, I really wanted Billy Napier. He's hired Corey Raymond away from LSU yesterday. Jabbar Jaluk as well, two big recruiters down here. He does come across genuine. After he won the title game Saturday, he said, if they wouldn't have let me coach this game, I wouldn't be over at Florida. So it's just two completely different senses and feelings um, on how things have started. I'm not saying that it won't go in a, in a positive direction. I, It's just not warm and fuzzy for me. That's just me. It's just me, Ben. Yeah, and, and college football is not a particularly warm and fuzzy environment. It's right? competitive, it's ruthless as hell. I just and don't so, get the yeah, sense and hire... feeling, Ben, that people are uh, are like jumping over themselves to go work with, with Brian Kelly. Does that make sense? You're right. I, I think you saw the fact that his assistants at Notre Dame were perfectly consent staying where they are. I think Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame made them a whole heck of a lot more cool with Marcus Freeman as their head coach. They're, like Notre Dame is now like a, a team can't believe I'm even famous where like I kind of want to root for them and I never had that feeling in in all 12 years that Brian Kelly was there so I was curious to get a local perspective I I think he's full of you know what and uh, I'll curious I'll be curious as to whether or not that plays out at LSU Ben like I said I 
you know who I wanted. And, uh, you know, it's, it, look, I got no skins again. I, I went to Southern Miss. So it's just, you know, I cover LSU there. <laughs> my dad went there. I had a lot of great memories and times there. I just, not my guy. That's just me, though. But and, and I'm not Scott Woodward. You know, it is what it is. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate the time. Anytime, guys. Be good. Yep, for sure. Quick break. We come back. Jay Walker, voice of the Raging Cajuns, will tell us about their new head coach. We come back. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming soon to Louisiana, and it won't be long until you can bet on all of your favorite sports from the comforts of your own home. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. No deposit required. DraftKings is bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code LaRose when you sign up. Those who sign up right now will get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Louisiana. That's code LaRose to get $100 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-70-STOP. 21 and over. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. A new name, a new era. TGMC is now Terrebonne General Health System. This change reflects our transition to more of an all-around healthcare partner rather than just a healthcare provider. With new facilities, new innovations, and new ways to help you, we've done more than change our name. We've changed our future. To see what's new at Terrebonne General Health System, visit TGHealthSystem.com. Why is this oven still going? Hi, this is Dinesh. Dinesh's bakery just landed a sweet catering contract. 40 dozen fritters, Friday at 5 a.m.? He needs an event planner to help him rise to the occasion. Oh, every Friday at 5 a.m.? Not a problem. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Can we talk about sport? Real sports. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. He's the voice of the Raging Cajuns. Heard a lot of your highlights, sir. Unfortunately, it was Florida Gator video um, over on their Twitter page there as well. But Jay Walker, voice of the Raging Cajuns, how are you this afternoon? I'm having the time of my life. I'm just uh, real excited to be here and be on the radio with you today. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, congratulations. You called a conference championship win against Appalachian State this weekend. How big was that? Well, it's the first time I've ever had a chance to do that. It's Look, it's the first outright conference championship that the Cajuns have won in 53 years. So that was, it was uh, what I would call a big deal. And, um, you know, they've won now 12 in a row. They're, um, they were ranked uh, 23 in the last college football playoff poll, and they're in the top 20 in the other two. And now they've got a chance to 
close it out right uh, at the uh, New Orleans Bowl against Marshall a week from Saturday. Before we get to the new head coach of the Raging Cajuns, um, I I think when you look at the the moves and the coaching moves, Jay, that we were talking about maybe possibly coming over the last several weeks during the college football season, LSU, USC, and obviously would somebody be calling for Billy? To see how UL and the Gators handle that, I thought was as good as you possibly could, right? I, I thought it was fantastic to see their social media supporting the get, you know, the Cajuns on game day, posting videos and all those things. Like you don't normally see that. I, I think it was as good a transition, if you will, as I've ever seen. But I think that was because that's what Billy wanted. Well, you know, first of all, kudos to Scott Strickland over at Florida because he handled it the right way. He went through the proper channels. He talked to Brian Maggard, uh, got permission to speak with Billy. And Brian has always said, you know, if a job opened up that Billy wanted, that uh, that Brian would do everything that he could to help him get the job. And he did. Um, I think what surprised a lot of the Florida fans was the way Cajun fans reacted to the fact that he was going to Florida. They were all very happy for him. They were all ready to thank him for everything he did. Nobody had anything bad to say. Uh, and I think uh, Florida fans liked that. And as a result, they became uh, they became Cajun fans uh, last week and probably will be this uh, next week as well. I thought it was uh, interesting as well when, when you saw after the game and the way he spoke about how much it meant to him and all those different aspects. You and I have talked about this. That's who he is. He, he's a genuine guy that I think legitimately cared about finishing that process and bringing a championship to those players and setting up the program to continue its run, right? He made it very, very clear that the that him coaching in the championship game was non-negotiable. And if Florida would have said, no, Billy, if we're going to give you the job, you got to get here now, he would have walked away from it. And I believe that with everything that is in me. Why? Because he said so. And um, Billy's been very sincere and very believable in the four years that he's been here. You know, what you see and hear from him is is what he is and who he is. And, um, you know, for the Florida fans are going to have to get used to that because in big-time college football, there are a lot of coaches who don't have Billy Napier's demeanor. Right. So I guess, obviously, you never want to have a coach like that go. That said, though, when coaches do leave, is the program in a better spot? That's clear. It is. How big is it that a, literally, one of your own, a raging Cajun who played football, played uh, quarterback from 2005 to 2008, is now your head coach, the co-offensive coordinator, Michael DeSermo? You know, when, when, you, when you have success, I think when you're looking for a new coach, the first question you have to answer is, is there somebody on staff that can do this job? Mm -hmm. And uh, Brian Maggard asked himself that question, realized that Michael Desermo was a, a, a guy, uh, you know, Billy Napier heartily endorsed him. Rob Sale, the offensive uh, line coach for the New York Giants, called Dr. Maggard unsolicited and said, Mike Desermo is ready. Now, I've known Mike for 18 years. I've known him since he was a freshman. Mm -hmm. He's one of the toughest competitors I've ever been around. 
He's got the same moral compass as Billy Napier. High school coaches in Louisiana love him, and he is an excellent recruiter. Um, I really kind of thought it was a no-brainer. I think that you know, part of your fan base says, oh, let's go get this guy or this right. guy or this guy. But your guy was already right there, and somebody said, well, he doesn't have experience anywhere else. Nobody's got four years under Billy Napier, and that's good enough for me. Right. He also knows the environment. He knows the people. And, Jay, uh, obviously I think there there is something to that, too. And, uh, again, I, I don't think it's coincidence when you see the video when he was introduced and announced to the team, they all got up and jumped on him. You know, I mean, that 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 I think that's important to not only continue this season, but obviously you in, in transition at a position like that, you want it to be as seamless as possible. And when you have that, that, that keeps players, that possibly keeps possibly some recruits that were looking in that direction there as well. Yeah, I think this is going to wind up being really, really good. Of course, you know, anytime you hire a coach, there's always an unknown, and there's going to be an unknown with, with Mike as well. But, um, you know, the, the players just love that man, and, and he loves them. And that's one of the things about Coach Napier that he was able to do while he was here is he was able to show his players how much he loved them. And uh, Mike is the same way. I, I think this is going to be seamless. Certainly hope I'm right because I'm a big Mike Desermo fan, and I have been ever since he was a student athlete here. And uh, he comes from a great family. He's a new Iberia guy. And, um, and like I said, I, I just think he's ready for this step, and I really, really hope he does well. Jay Walker, voice of the Cajuns. you got 60 seconds, sir. Your basketball team, which we'll be talking about throughout the season now, as we uh, get closer, obviously, to New Orleans, but we'll wrap up with football. Five and three overall uh, since I last saw him against the, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Well, how would you describe them? Well, I, I think this is a team with some talent, but I think that this team does have an Achilles heel in that they turn the ball over way too much. Okay. Um, you don't have a pure point guard on this team. Ray and AU is the closest they have to that, and he's been hurt. So they've had some turnover issues. Uh, overall, I think they defend well. They're a good rebounding team, uh, and they're a pretty good shooting team from the outside. they got multiple weapons. But, man, you can't go out and turn it over 20 times a night, and that's kind of what they've been doing. That's got to get better if they're going to contend for a championship. Jay, appreciate it as always, sir. We'll talk again next week. Thanks a lot, Gus. Take care. Sounds good. Hour number one, just like that, in the books. When we come back, hour two, in hour number two, we'll speak with Corey Glory, voice of the Tulane Green Wave. Coach G, a little soccer news for you, some EPL news and things of that nature as well. Coming up in hour three, Daniel Salerson is going to jump on at 2.15. We'll touch on the Pels last night. See, we have the latest on Kyra Lewis as um, he went down, non-contact, rough kind of looking uh, injuries here. We'll hear from some Pels players and coaches when we come back top of the hour, plus from some Saints players as they were available yesterday, including Paulson Adebo, Marquez Callaway, and Taysom Hill. We'll do all that when we return. After the top of the hour break, it's the Sports Hangover and your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. One for the road. Need us. Oh! 
This holiday season, give the gift of Craftsman tools at Lowe's. With a heritage of performance and reliability, Craftsman is the perfect gift for the project people on your list. There's something